Hello everyone, it is September 10th, 2022, and I'm coming to you with another episode today. Um, As some of you may know, some of you may not, today is Suicide Prevention Day, so I felt that it was fitting to, you know, put out a podcast today and, um, you know, honor those that we've lost to suicide, honor those who are struggling right now to stay alive honor those who are supporting the people who are struggling to stay alive and um, also just encouraging those who you know continue to be there for their loved ones continue to be there for their communities um, continue to try to fight this fight um, and win you know this mountain of a battle um, that is mental illness Um, so first I'd like to start in a word of prayer Um, So, God, today um, I just come to you with a humble heart and um, surrender to whatever it is that you would like to say today, God. Um, God, I want to pray for the people listening today that this message lands in the ears um, of the people who need to hear it most today, God. And I pray that their their hearts and minds are clear enough to be able to receive this message in a way that you'd like them to receive it. Pray that it brings them some hope or clarity um, or peace, all of the above, God. And I just pray a blessing over everyone today that is struggling with the loss of a loved one to suicide. Um, God, in the Bible, it says that you count every hair on our head and every tear on our cheek. So, God, I know that you know more than any of us the pain and suffering that these people are going through, um, having been left behind by their loved ones. God, I pray for strength for the ones today that are struggling. Um, Life is hard right now, Jesus, and I know you know that life is hard and you walked it out too and you understand, God, and, you know, unfortunately we aren't you and, you know, sometimes we need your strength. Most times we need your strength. I need it every day, God. So um, I just pray for supernatural strength for those right at the end of their rope, God, and the ones ready to give up and the ones sitting in their bedrooms alone feeling like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and no one understands. God, I pray over our community um, that this stronghold of addiction and mental illness in St. John will finally be broken in Jesus' name. God, I pray that St. John will be known on a worldwide scale for being the city that finally took mental illness seriously, that stepped outside of government red tape, that stepped outside of difference, that stepped outside of, you know, this religion against that religion or poverty against wealth, God. I pray that everyone would come together and fight this battle as one whole community. Um, God, I just thank you for this ministry thank you for the opportunity to share the knowledge that I have because of you. Um, If it was not for you, I wouldn't be here today. And and I want to honor you in that. And I want to, uh, I want my life to be a testimony um, to just what you can do to someone who's experienced unimaginable trauma 36 years of toxicity, um, someone whose heart should be so hardened to the world and untrusting and 
um, should have addictions and I you know shouldn't be here I should be I should be gone God because my the weight that I had was so heavy on the night that I came to you and you took it all God and you know even today yesterday and the day before more bricks get placed on my back God but every time I come to you you remove those and you fill me with peace and love and living water and hope that things will get better and if not in this life then in the next one and you know I just pray that how I've been able to get through life by your grace is shown to others so that they can have that same hope and that same perseverance and that same just steadfastness to hold on because their lives matter there's a reason that they're here. There's a reason they're still awake. There's a reason they wake up every day. There's a reason they're still breathing. And we don't know what that reason is. And sometimes the, the problems in our life, God, can seem so big that we can't possibly imagine how you could use us or why you would use us even. God, but you picked 12 people to walk beside you that the world would have shoved aside. So, God, I know in my heart that you take the underdog and you turn them into angel armies to fight against the forces of evil that hold us down, God. So today I just pray for your almighty power to fall. Fall on St. John. Fall on these people listening, God. Shift the atmosphere in our community like you've never done before. And it's in your mighty name that I pray this. Amen. Okay. I'm a little fired up. That prayer got me there at the end. Got a little... Holy Spirit energy flowing through me now. Um, so the, me- the message I want to come to you today with um, is, is suicide preventable? Um, this is the second time I've recorded this. First time was without prayer. Um, and I got all over the place and all, you know, I couldn't keep in one straight lane to get my point across. Um, so hopefully this one's going to go well because I'm not going to record it again. Um, so... Is suicide preventable? So, as most of you know, I have struggled with mental illness um, my whole life. I don't know what life is like without mental illness. Um, My mental illness was gifted to me by my father um, and by many others in my childhood um, because of their own... um, wounds and uh, toxic behaviors so unfortunately you know I don't know what it's like to not have this illness Um, some of us are born with it some of us are gifted with it Um, but at the end of the day the ones who are listening to this either have mental illness or know someone who struggles with it Um, so for the past uh, Well, since 2019, I have been advocating for those struggling with mental illness. Um, Been, you know, growing and learning in my own life to find more effective ways to help. Um, It started as a, you know, a rally and, you know, I wanted it to be something more than that. I wanted to be more than just, you know, one event on, you know, the same time every year and I wanted it to be change. I wanted to be the change that I needed. 
Um, and, you know, through that, and, and I'm not going to take really any credit for how, um, how much the, how much society shifted in the acceptability of mental illness and, you know, the accepting of people of, you know, who have depression, who have anxiety, like it's becoming a more talked about subject. And I'm so incredibly thankful. Um, and I think it's, you know, a hundred steps in the right direction that we are getting to the point that we're able to talk about it. Um, and it's becoming, you know, one of the head topics of our culture right now. And I think that's amazing. Um, but one thing I'm recognizing today as I was kind of, you know, thinking and pondering about Suicide Prevention Day, um, I also just left a spiritual um, leadership conference. Um, so my mind <laughs> is running with, you know, lots of different thoughts. So that's where this podcast is coming from. So the thing that I had kind of been pondering when thinking about Suicide Prevention Day um, was, you know, Suicide Prevention Day, these rallies, these podcasts, all these things are meant to be um, a means to prevent suicide. But unfortunately, suicide rates continue to climb. So... You know, we're constantly, we're putting out, um, you know, hashtag you matter. Hashtag it's okay to not be okay. Um, you know, we are putting, there's an, a great um, organization in town called Operation Whiteheart. Um, where, um, I don't know if he's comfortable with me saying his name. Hopefully he is. Um, let me know if you're not, I'm sorry. Um, his name is Gary Brown um, Sr. And he is, you know... Uh, raising money by putting out white hearts on people's lawns, um, you know, to say that they're there to hear you, you know, they, they, they'll listen, um, and using that money that he makes to train people in, um, assist, which is, um, a suicide intervention course. Amazing, amazing, um, you know, people in our community that are coming together for this. But I got thinking today and wondering we're doing all this we're doing hashtag you matter which is extremely important you know initiative we have you know it's okay to be not okay uh we have signs up like you know on the street asking are you okay call this number we have suicide hotlines we have um all of these amazing initiatives happening but suicide rates have not changed why is that why? If we are, you know, digging and clawing and loving and hugging and listening and, you know, training and, and doing all these things, why are we not seeing a shift in suicide rates? And I truly believe it's because we're isolating suicide. We're focused, in my opinion, and, and I'm speaking from limited perspective. I mean, as someone who struggles with suicidal thoughts um, and has my whole life, um, you know, we, we're, we're isolating suicide as its own 
sickness. When suicide and even depression are not isolated events. And what I mean by that is that a baby isn't born depressed. A baby isn't born wanting to take their own life. Things lead to that. Suicide and depression and anxiety. And I can't, I'm not going to speak to some of the other mental illnesses. I mean, there are, and there are biological components to depression and anxiety. Yes. Um, But I'm speaking about, you know, maybe not even clinical depression, more so than just chronic hopelessness, which chronic hopelessness can feel a heck of a lot like depression. Um, You know, chronic anxiety, you know, you're not just born that way. And I think, you know, in our culture lately, there's this this message of it's okay to not be okay. You have mental illness. You know, that's part of you and that's fine. Okay, well, great. That acceptance part is great. But if we're not treating that, guess what? Suicide rates aren't going to change because people with anxiety are going to get so tired. It is exhausting worrying all day. It's exhausting worrying about other people, worrying about the world, worrying about the queen, worrying about Megan and Harry, worrying about your sister, your brother, your neighbors, your classmates, your work. Like, exhausting. If you have never experienced anxiety, go run on a treadmill for 12 hours and you'll understand. It's a constant marathon and it's exhausting. And you can become burnout. And what's burnout do? Hopelessness, exhaustion, depression. There you go. So, but what we're not doing, we're not treating or addressing in any way the core issue that led to that to begin with. So it's like, you know, um, we are, what can I say? How can I put this? Let's just say, you know, it's like if your house was, you know, let's say your house was um, being infested by rats. Let's use that as an example. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, so you wake up one day and you find a rat in the house. So you kill the rat. Okay, problem solved. So the rat is depression. Not depression. The rat is suicide. You wake up the next day and there's another rat. Well, you kill the rat. So you killed depression that day. So that day, let's just say, for instance, you got out, you went for a walk, you went and met with a friend, the friend told you it's okay to not be okay, and you moved on. Then the next day, wake up and there's two rats. The next day, three rats. And this continues and continues and continues and continues. And eventually, your whole entire house is full of rats. There's rats in your bag. You're taking them to work with you. The rats are stolen away in your car and you're taking them to your friend's house. Depression eventually, and insert whatever, anxiety, depression, um, you know, it's following you everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's rats. 
unless you figure out where those rats are coming from, you're constantly going to have rats in your house. So then, okay, we find out, you know, we got to work backwards, not just, not just kill the rat. Can't just tackle suicide without tackling the things leading the person to suicide to begin with. So if I do not find where the rats are coming in, which means if I do not find the root cause and reason for my mental illness, well, then I'm going to continue to struggle. I'm going to continue to battle these rats and it's going to get ahead of me. I'm eventually not going to be able to keep up and I'm going to give in and I'm going to let it overtake me. So you have to, okay, so you have to find the hole. Where are these rats getting in? So you find the hole. Okay, so let's say mine is, um, you know, my child abuse. Okay, there's the hole. There's the hole that allowed the mental illness in that got overwhelming and took me to suicide because I couldn't kill all the rats anymore. So now I've found the hole. So am I just going to go to my friend and say, well, I found the hole where the rats are getting in, but, you know, it just means I have a rat in my, it just means I have a hole in my house and the rats are going to keep coming in and that's just, just going to how I'm going to have to live my life. That's just how my life is. That's just, that's my fate. Is it though? Or could you patch the hole? And that's where I believe the key to suicide prevention is. It's not addressing the rat. It's not addressing the suicide. It's not even addressing where it came from. Knowing where that came from isn't going to stop the pain. But if I heal the pain that the thing caused, no more rats, no more pain. And then I can work on the next hole. Like maybe then I got cockroaches. I don't know. I got a really dirty house apparently. I don't actually in real life. But um, I hope this analogy is kind of making sense. Um, I think as a society right now and as a culture right now, we're getting really good, um, which is a huge step in the right direction, of not accepting people, not accepting, you know, responsibility for pain Um, that we didn't cause. So like say with child abuse, like I'm, you know, I don't blame myself for that. I know that I didn't have a hand in that. Um, We're getting really good at, at, you know, addressing that, but there's still pain there. And we can't just stop at saying, you know, I'm depressed because I grew up in poverty. Um, I, you know, flunked out of university. I, you know, I lost my, God forbid, lost my child. Um, whatever the thing is, if you're not addressing the wound that was caused by the thing, you're never going to prevent your suicide. You're going to maybe prolong it by saying, you know, I'm not okay. Um, and you know, distracting yourself and, um, you know, leaning on other people when you need it. And that stuff is all super important. Leaning on other people has done me so much good. But there comes a point, and this is where I'm going to hit it home. I'm landing the plane. Um, (laughs) The bottom line of suicide prevention, I think, is personal responsibility. One of my favorite things to say is, you're not responsible for your pain. 
but you're responsible for your healing. And I think personally for me, that is the key to suicide prevention. And I think it's the thing that we're missing. I think we're, we're just accepting mental illness as something that's not curable, as something that's, you know, not ever going to go away. It's something we're going to have to battle forever. And we're so hopeless and, and tired of living this way. And, and I can speak to that because I've been that and I've done that where I've said, and I've said it up until recently until I had this kind of epiphany about it. Um, but I am responsible for my healing. No one else, no one else can come and heal me. No one else is going to take the pain away. No one else is going to fill that hole. If I don't want rats to come into my house, then I need to try with whatever it takes. I'll, I'll put wood up. I'll cement it in. I will, whatever I need, I'll move if I have to. If I can't fill the hole, then I'll move. Because you have to get to a point where you're not, it's okay to not be okay. But at a certain point, it needs to not be okay to not be okay. It needs to not be an option to sit in your not okayness or it will kill you. If I sit in my not okayness, if I sit in my depression, if I sit in my triggers, if I sit in my trauma long enough, I'll die. And I have people in my life that depend on me. I have, you know, people even outside of my circle. I have bridge of hope. I have, I have purpose in my life and I cannot take the risk of sitting home multiple days on end you know, all upset and crying because this is the hand I was dealt and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, you know what? I'll throw the cards in the garbage. I don't care what hand I was dealt. I refuse to give up. And that's where I think the key to this suicide prevention thing is, is being missed. It's you're almost taking away the power of the person struggling by you know, hug them when they need hugs, love them when they need hugs, but support and encourage them to get better. Don't, you know, I don't want to use like, I hate, I'm probably going to sound a little crass here, but don't enable them to stay stuck because if they're down in a mud hole and they're, they're sinking day by day, they're sinking. If you just sit up on top of that hill on the other side of this, you know, hypothetical mud hole and say, it's okay. It's okay that you're stuck. It's okay. I'll love you from up here. It's okay. You know, I'll get down in there and I'll try to pull you up and then you're going to pull me down because, you know, you're just sitting there and I well, now I'm sinking. Now we're both sinking. No, get them a ladder and tell them how to walk up. Encourage them. Do whatever you need to do to get them to stand up and fight for their lives. And if it's you, stand up and refuse to allow your mental illness to take you down. You're not powerless. Your mental illness tells you you're powerless, but you can make a daily choice. Today, I'm not powerless. Wake up and look in the mirror and say, today, I'm not powerless. I don't care what that person said, I'm not powerless. I don't care what that employer said, I'm not powerless. I don't care what that pastor said. I don't care what that ex-boyfriend said. I don't care what that ex-girlfriend said. I don't care what my bank account says. I'm not 
powerless. Take your power back. Maybe mental illness, maybe depression and anxiety is not 100% curable. But it's livable because I'm doing it every day, every single day. I fight either anxiety or depression or trigger from post-traumatic stress disorder every single day of my life. Never goes away. But it gets easier to fight because you learn how. You know, the one thing with mental illness that, that makes people so quick to give up on themselves is, you know, if you have a broken leg, then you can go to the doctor and say, oh, I have a broken leg. I need a, they're going to x-ray. Okay, yep, you have a broken leg. Let's put a cast on it. You know, leave it for six weeks and it'll heal. Wonderful. Because when your leg is broken, your mind is still clear. You just have a broken leg. With mental illness, your mind is broken. It's not broken, broken, but there's, there's fractures within your mind that are telling you no one cares. No one understands. You know, um, no one can fix this. Nothing can fix this. I've tried this. I've tried that. Nothing's worked. Have you ever tried not giving up on yourself? Have you ever tried to just refuse to give up? Just like, yeah, this sucks, but guess what? I'm going to find a way out of it. And then once I'm out of it, it's no longer going to suck. But when you have mental illness, it does take that conscious choice of, I'm not going to give up today. Because your mental illness fractures your brain and says to you, you can't do that. You're too tired to do that. From a biblical standpoint, from a, you know, a, uh, I don't always like to make my whole message about religion, um, but I am a faith-based person. So from a Christian standpoint, that's the enemy. As soon as you wake up, the enemy says, guess what? You suck. You can't do it. Remember what so-and-so said about you yesterday? Remember the last time you failed? Remember the last time this almost took you out? You're too fat. You're too ugly. You don't have enough money. You're never going to make it. You're never going to change. That's the enemy. And it's in your mind. And when you're trying, like, you're fighting against yourself, literally is what you have to do. You have to fight against yourself. You have to make the conscious choice that I I know my mind is telling me I can't do this. But I don't care. Because my power is saying I can't. My mind is telling me that this will never get better. But my power is telling me that it will if I don't give up. That it might not get better tomorrow. And it might not get better next week. But every single day that I keep on trying, I learn better coping skills. I gain more experience. I find what works for me. Find what doesn't. I cut out people in my life that are affecting me in a negative way. I add people to my life that are bringing me peace and speaking life into my soul. You make the changes and eventually you'll get to a place where you're like, you know what? Eh, There's more good days than bad days. I'm going to make it. You got to get out of your own way and we've got to stop isolating suicide like it's just some, you know, outside problem all in itself. Suicide does not happen in isolation. A, A fully formed, fully whole, fully healthy, never been wounded, never been hurt, never been outcasted, rejected, you know. Um, abused, never suffered with addiction, never suffered with mental illness. Those people don't just wake up and decide to kill themselves. It doesn't happen that way. There are events 
leading up to suicide. Those events create holes in our heart. They're heart wounds. And if you do not address the wound, you're not going to prevent the suicide. So no amount of hashtags, no rallies, no, you know, even powerful message that you hear on a brand new podcast by a girl who runs suicide prevention ministry. (laughs) None of that's going to help. It's, it's all going to eventually lead to the same thing. And we're not going to see any real freedom from suicide. So that's my rant. I'm pulling into my campground now and my dog is about, yes, he's gone. He's a guest speaker today. Um, anyway, that ends, that's basically the end of my message. It's just, you got to take accountability for your own stuff at some point and, you know, not stay stuck down in the mud hole. So, um, if you're sick of being in that hole and you want out, um, I have many ladders. I have lots of ladders of all different kinds of ways, um, that we can try to get you out of that hole. So, um, I, encourage you to reach out to me. Um, it's either Jessica Marjorie on Facebook, um, Bridge of Hope St. John on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure. If, I think you can message me through my podcast. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but if not, you can message me through one of those two Facebook pages. Um, and I will do everything I can do to encourage you. Um, I want to love you. I want to support you. Um, I'm only doing, I'm not gaining anything from this. Um, other than, you know, just the satisfaction of knowing that I helped someone. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to leave that there. Thankfully, my dog's actually being quiet, which is surprising. He must know them speaking a very important message right now. So he needs to hush. Um, but anyway, um, I hope that you all have an amazing week. Um, and, uh, looking forward to whatever the Lord lays on my heart for our next message. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.